Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you so very much for taking a moment to join us as we take a look at the book, Creation, the Flood, and Prophecy. They all play together for the end times. Creation, as recorded in Genesis chapter 1, and prophecy, as recorded in Revelation. You see, you begin with the creation, you end with the return of Jesus Christ. And of course, one of the most significant events during the time between the creation and the return of Christ was the flood. Now, that's why you need to study with us as we take a look at the book. And this is going to be from my series, a five-part audio series that is entitled His Message in Creation. This is the second part of this series. We'll listen to it, and I'll tell you how you can get your own copy of this five-part audio series. Right now, let's listen together. Chapter 1 of Romans, verses 19 and 20, I believe gives us evidence that those who have never heard the gospel, those that are lost out there in creation somewhere, are without excuse. And it's a message of provision that God gives the lost people. Look what it says here. Verse 19. The whole chapter 1, and again, please, I mean, I'm taking advantage of you. I'm going into a little text here and taking something out of context when we ought to be really studying the whole of chapter 1. And that would be a five-day program. But um, let's just look at these two verses. Back up to verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. The wrath of God is revealed. Verse 19. Because that which may be known of God, how can he, re- how can he reveal the wrath? How can he release the wrath and bring it upon the world? Because, here he says in verse 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. I believe what that is speaking about is God gives all of us a conscience when he brought us into existence. And that conscience will say to us, that's that little small voice, not a big booming actual audible voice, but a little small voice in us that says, this is wrong. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it, it came into effect the other day when I was coming out of Bermuda. Still got that conscience. We come to the line, and I had signed a little statement in front of U.S. You do U.S. Immigrations in Bermuda before you come back to the States. And I signed that little statement, that, uh, and the lady then asked me, you purchased nothing in Bermuda? I said, no, I purchased nothing in Bermuda. And I stood there for a few moments, and I remembered that Judy had gotten, you know, we need to go no place in the world where my three grandsons don't get something. <laughs> Grandmama is, if I have to carry two extra bags, we're bringing something back for those three grandsons. And I remembered, you know, as was apropos every place else, so it was in Bermuda. And I, and I stood there, and I, and I started not to say anything, because the lady had already put on, this, on the form nothing, zero, no purchases. That little conscious, the light of conscience in her. Hey, De Young, you know you're getting on a seven six seven. But what my thinking process was, but the conscience came to mind, and I'm just getting ready to walk away. And say, oh, 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 no, excuse me, ma'am. Uh, yeah, Judy, you did prefer something for the grandsons. How much was that? She about fifty dollars. Well, that was a pleasant surprise to me. Only fifty dollars, and I said, uh, yeah, fifty dollars. So she she wrote it down. You understand what I'm talking? I mean, has it ever happened to you? You know, 
I have been in places, I'll go away with something, realize that I didn't pay for it, and because they made a mistake, I'll drive all the way back over to a place like a dummy and pay for it. You know? It's a conscience. And all of us were created that way. That's what he's saying here. I can reveal my wrath from heaven on evil man because I've created the light of conscience within them. And so there is conscience there. But look at verse 20. Here's where creation steps in. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that all are without an excuse. Not only do they have the light of conscience, but they have the light of creation as well. The light of creation. No place in the world can you be away from the light of creation. Always the question is asked to me by those who are trying to back me into a corner. Okay, what about all these people around the world that have never heard the gospel? And you know that is approximately two-thirds of the world today. We have six billion people on the face of the earth. I would be amazed if two billion have actually heard the gospel enough to be able to understand it. So we, I mean, you know what, here in America, you know America is 4% of the population of this world. 96% of the population is out there. Do you know that according to the ministers or people that are involved in full-time ministry trying to win people to Jesus Christ, like these dear just their couple back here that were here together testimony last. Do you know that 94% of all of those ministers in the world are here in the United States? 6% are out there in the rest of the world. Less than 80,000 missionaries in this world. And probably at the end of this year, they tell us half of those will be gone by retirement, death, or whatever. And we don't see a big crowd going. And we see less. Now, we got some that want to go, but they can't go because we're all not concerned about the second coming. We're, we're, we're denying the second coming and not giving. Now, I'm not trying to raise a penny for myself because I don't raise money for me. And all that world out there, they're without excuse, though. Why? Because they have the light of creation. Can you imagine deep, dark Africa? Nobody has ever been there with the gospel. And this native is walking through the jungle one day, and all of a sudden he sees a giraffe. This giraffe, he figures out as he checks him, is 18 feet high. And he starts to think. Now, I'm not sure if this is absolute, but just go along with me a little bit. He starts to say, mmm, now I got a, something right here to pump because I cut myself the other day and something red came out. That must be blood. And I know I'm, I'm pumping it all over the place. But that giraffe, ooh, look at that neck. How's he going to get the blood from that body all the way to his head? That's a good 12 feet. Oh, man. What he doesn't know is, God put a two-and-a-half-foot-long heart pump in that giraffe that can pump that blood all the way up the neck to that head. <laughs> and by the way, I want to tell you something. <laughs> he doesn't pump it one time because he'd blow that head off, man. You know, you know the pump goes, and there you go. 
you know what? He kind of lets it go up, kind of slow and easy. You know, and, it, and his arteries have these little valves. Isn't that interesting? Little valves that let the blood go to here and then go to here and then go to here and then go to here so he doesn't blow his head off. And right at the top section just before the brain, he's got some vessels there like sponge-like that hold the blood in there. And so this giraffe walking through the woods and this native said, man, that's interesting. All of a sudden, the giraffe sees a pond of water and the giraffe wants to have a drink. So he bends his head over. Stupid, don't bend your head over. All that blood's going to rush down to your head. But what he doesesn't know, all those valves shut down to stop the blood. And just that last little section of the artery before the brain has enough blood to get in that sponge-like vessel to keep an, let it get oxidated so that it can go in and operate his brain. And so this giraffe is, I mean, can you imagine? He gets a, the whole pond's just about gone when he sucks it in through that eight to 18-foot body. And he, all of a sudden, he's sucking in water, and a lion comes going to it. And all of a sudden, that giraffe, he, and he pulls it. He said, don't pull your head up, man. Oh, can you imagine? He's going to pass out. And the lion will have a free dinner because when he pulls his head up, he goes, oh, no blood up there. Oh, no. Those valves are working the other way. See my point? I mean, that's the giraffe. I present to you the giraffe. The evolutionists have no answer for the giraffe. Oh! We're in the deep, dark jungles of the Amazon. And there's this guy who's never heard the gospel. All of a sudden, a little bird comes flying by. What kind of bird is that? Lands on a limb. He's never seen a bird do this before. This bird takes his beak and starts pecking in a tree as fast as he can go. And the guy says, boy, that's amazing. And he starts thinking, if that had been another, and mentions another bird, when that bird flew up to that limb and landed on that tree and started to peck in that wood because he knew there must be a delicious meal inside the bark of that tree, he would have taken his beak, hit that tree, <laughs> split it in a million pieces. His tail feathers, which had been, you know, a tripod, so you got the two legs and the tail feathers, that had been broken all to pieces. And he would have an exceptional headache number of 92. I guarantee you, as that beak went back through the back of his head, because the back of his head is all false, see? And that one woodpecker, his ancestors, can you imagine that? All the blue jays that tried to become woodpeckers, now, you know, they want to evolve. And so they land on limbs, and they bust their beaks, and they rip off their tail feathers, and they have terrible headaches. But finally, one does make it. Oh, that's not all. He can beak now, take his beak and go into that tree in the bark, and he can get inside, and that's where that insect larva is. And boy, is it delicious. Now, I don't hope we're not having it for lunch, but it is delicious, you know. But he doesn't know, what am I going to do now? And so this woodpecker... I mean, if you ever tried to pull an insect larva out of a little tunnel in a tree, that little sucker, he holds on to for everything. He didn't want to come out, you know. You know what God did? God took the tongue of a woodpecker, which is longer proportionally than almost any other animal in the world, especially all birds. And that tongue is narrow, and it can go down that little tunnel, and it has barbs at the ends of it. And so it goes in there, grabs that Insect larva, come on, baby, we're having lunch, man. You're coming to lunch with me today. <laughs> you know, and he rips him out. 
he has a glue-like substance on that tongue that grabs down on it. Now, the glue-like substance is uniquely made because it doesn't cement his beak together. Can you imagine all the woodpeckers trying to get that tongue to operate with that glue-like substance? And they're, they're in real trouble. Unbelievable. You get my point? <laughs> the neck wraps around. Sometimes on some woodpeckers comes out through the eye socket and down through the nostril into the beak. See what God has done? Now do you understand why they're without excuse? I know I've had a little fun. Please excuse me. Creation, the Flood, and Prophecy. That's the name of this series that we've been listening to a portion of. Actually, we listened to the second installment, His Message in Creation. You did not hear all of it. There's still much more information you need to have. In fact, you need this entire series. It's a five-part audio series that is on CD, Creation and Prophecy, His Message in Creation, The Flood, His Glory in Creation and Prophecy, and His New Creation. Those are the five parts in this five-part audio series on CD entitled Creation, The Flood, and Prophecy. If you'd like to order yours, you can go to the phone right now. We have a toll-free number that you can call. It's toll-free from across America. That number is 877-674-3298. That's 877-674-3298. Call right now to order your copy of Creation, the Flood, and Prophecy. Or if you'd like to go to the Internet, go to our website, www.prophecytoday.com, and you can make your order that way. However you order it, get it today. You need to understand there's a big battle to try to destroy all of us who believe that God created everything in this universe. He sent the flood in judgment, and he is indeed coming again. Creation, the Flood, and Prophecy, the five-part audio series. You need to have it call or go to the Internet right now and make your order. By the way, as you study this subject with us, you'll come to the realization that the second coming of Jesus Christ is indeed close. But remember, before that, seven years before that, the rapture of the church takes place. And that could happen today. And having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...